You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. You know, the Psalms aren't the only place where we see poetry that helps us to pray through Scripture. We looked at Lamentations chapter 3 several episodes ago, and today I want to look at Isaiah. Isaiah has some great chapters. It's a really interesting book uh, written by the prophet Isaiah, and chapter 40 through 55 begin this section that is talking about God's salvation, His redemption of His people. And it is filled with the the kind of language that helps us use our imagination not to create an image of God, but to imagine an unimaginable God in a way that helps us see a greater reality of who God is. And that's kind of a hard sentence to understand what I just said. not even sure I understand it. But the idea is that we use our imagination to get a concept of God that helps us see him in a greater way and trust him in a greater way, even though he's incomprehensible. We're never going to understand him. There are things that we can use in our imagination to have a bigger picture of God. And as it relates to Isaiah, this bigger picture of God is to help us to see that we can trust him as our sovereign king, our God, our creator. We can trust him as our redeemer. We can fully trust him in his salvation and that we can live with him as our king. That's the only way to have a life. There's no other path, there's no other place to go that's not going to be disaster, and that we fully can, in some sense, do the trust fall, where we close our eyes and fall back into the arms of God. We can trust Him, even though we can't see Him. And so, we begin in Isaiah 40, we're just going to look at a few verses in Isaiah 40 today. And Isaiah, let me just mention this, I forgot to say this kind of at the beginning, has been a place for me where I've come some of the best verses that I've prayed through and some of the best best verses that I go to as kind of go-to verses when I really want to meditate on who God is and I want to have this time of prayer inspired by God's Holy Spirit through His Word. Isaiah 40 through 55 have some of the best places. So that's what we're going to do today with Isaiah 40 and then we'll come back to some other chapters at another time. But it starts with, I just want to start with the question in verse 18, with whom then, God says, this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, with whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? I'm reading out of the NIV. To whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? The question is, you know, we all have an image of God. I mean, some kind of concept of God. The question is, is it big? Or is it small? Are we comparing it to something else that we know? Or are we in the realm of, you know what, my concept of God, there's nothing to compare. That's what God's saying. What what possibly can you compare me to? What, What image could you possibly have in your brain that you would liken me, that you would somehow understand me? And and God says in verse 21. Through the prophet Isaiah, do you not know? Have you not heard? It has not has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? In other words, he's, you you do have a concept of God. 
God is in your head. You're always having a conversation with God, whether you know it or not. God is always in your head. You have a concept of God, but because of sin and because of fallen humanity, we our concept of God is part of the problem. Our image of God is part of our dysfunction. It's not big enough. It's it's small and it's not something we would be able to trust. It's not it's not a concept of God that makes it easy for us to trust him. It's not a concept of God that makes it make sense that we would follow him and obey him even when he calls us to things that we don't want to do. So he says again in verse 25, to whom will you compare me? God says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes. And now he's going to say, here's here's something that might help you have a bigger image of who I am. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So here's what God says. You're, there's, there's nothing you can compare me to that's going to give you a concept of me that's big enough. But, but let me help you out. Lift up your eyes and look at the universe. Now, we know far more of the reality of this than they knew in 700 BC when this was written by Isaiah. We know now that the universe is filled with billions, hundreds of billions of galaxies, each having hundreds of billions of stars like our sun, each having hundreds of, I mean, each having their own planetary system, their own solar system. There are hundreds of billions of solar systems in hundreds of billions of galaxies. No, it's, it's beyond comprehension. We, our mind can't even begin to comprehend this universe. And that's just what we know about it. God is saying, look at the universe. Who do you think created all this? It says in verse 12 that he measures the breadth of the universe by the span of his hand, the breadth of the heavens by the span of his hand. God takes the universe, these hundreds of billions of galaxies, and measures it by the length of his hand. I mean, this is obviously a metaphorical speech. This is imagery. This is poetry. God doesn't have a hand. But it's giving us a picture of the creator of this universe This entire universe is something like God could just take his hand and say, okay, it's that big. That the God that created this universe, he says, he brings them out one by one. Every single star in this incomprehensibly large universe is something that God has created. And it says he calls forth each of them by name. That God has a name for every single star in the hundreds of billions of stars in hundreds of billions of galaxies. It's incomprehensible. And yet God knows each of them by name, created each of them one by one. He created all these. And because it says, because of his great power and his mighty strength. I mean, these are words that sound almost simple in their great power, mighty strength. How do you say it? And yet, if you think about it, the, the great power and the mighty strength of the creator of this universe. We can't even begin to understand even saying that as an understatement. But God says, because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. God knows every single one of them. This is the exact number that he wants. Not one of them is missing. Think about a galaxy 13 billion light years away and think about a star in that galaxy and think about a planet in that solar system and think about a piece of dust on the that planet and God knows that piece of dust. He's right there. He 
present there just as much as he's present with you. He's the I am. He's 100% infinitely present everywhere. It's incomprehensible. And yet God is saying, look, you got to understand who I am. You've known in your heart since the foundation of the earth, God has created this universe. You've known all your life. There's a God that exists. The problem is your concept of me is too small. Let me help you out. Let me give you a picture. Look at the universe. Lift up your eyes. Look at the universe. Who do you think created all this? And who do you think is everywhere in this universe? So then he brings it home now in verse 27. He says, if that's true for me and this universe, think about you. Verse 27, why do you complain, Jacob? This is God's name. We know now in our sermon series from Genesis that God... uh, change Jacob's name to Israel, but Jacob and Israel are names that represent the people of God beyond the Old Testament. It represents you and me. It represents the church. It represents all who are in Christ. Jacob and Israel in the Bible represent all who are in Christ who will be in the kingdom of God. So why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from Yahweh? My way is hidden from the I am. My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. How can you say the God that created this universe, who knows every single star, created each of them one by one, knows every one of them by name, not one of them is missing. I am infinitely everywhere in this universe. If I'm that big, how can you say that your way is hidden from me and that your cause is disregarded by me? How can you not know that I am intimately involved in every detail of your life if I'm intimately and infinitely involved in every detail in this entire universe that I have created? Verse 28, do you not know? Have you not heard The Lord, Yahweh, is the everlasting God. He's the infinite, eternal God, the creator of the ends of the earth, it says. We would say also with this, the creator of the ends of the universe. He created all these one by one. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the universe. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. No one. Of course not. The God with the wisdom and understanding that is able to create this universe with all the physics that we have no idea, the quantum physics that we have no idea, the God that is infinitely involved all the way down to the molecular level and all the way as vast as the galactical level is a God who has a wisdom that we cannot possibly understand. And yet God says that infinite wisdom is eternally focused on you. We can't comprehend that. We can't understand that, but we have to picture it. The God that created this universe and the wisdom that he has that knows every dust in this entire universe, that same wisdom, God says, is focused on you. How could you possibly say that my way is hidden from the I am, that my cause is disregarded by my God when you look up and you lift your eyes and you see this universe? Do you not know? Do you not have you not heard? Do you not understand? That there's no way that I cannot be fully aware and fully involved and fully wise and fully in control and have an infinite purpose that you can't possibly understand about every detail in your life. But you can trust me. You can fall back into my arms and you can trust me to be your king, to be your God, to be your Lord, to be your purpose for your life and to not grow tired or weary because I don't grow tired or weary and I will give you strength. 
So it says in verse 31, those who hope in the I am will renew their strength. Because we have a hope in the God that created this universe. It does something for us. It gives us another day to live. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it because God is in control and God is with me. The God that created this entire universe, when I imagine this entire universe and I think about that God telling me he loves me, my way is not disregarded by him. I can trust him with every detail of my life, even though I can't possibly fathom and understand his understanding. I can trust him. So now what do we do with this? This is that we just kind of hit the highlights of chapter 40. Well, this has been a place I've come to for years to pray through scripture because there's, again, the Holy Spirit is inspiring these words and the Holy Spirit wants me to use these words to come before God and to pray to him and to begin to build this trust in him based upon his word. So let me lead you in a time of prayer. Just try to meditate with me, try to pray with me through these verses in a way that brings them as our prayer and brings them alive as God's word in our heart by his Holy Spirit. Lord God, Yahweh, you are the I am. You are the I am, the very essence of existence. Everything that exists in this universe was created by you. And you are the I am who is infinitely present everywhere in your universe, 100% everywhere. You are 100% present with me without being any less present anywhere else in your universe. A star in a galaxy 13 billion light years away in a planet in that solar system on a piece of dust, you are 100% present right there and you are 100% present with me right now as Yahweh, as the I am, as my God. Jesus says, you know the very hairs of my head, not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from your will and that I can trust you with every detail of my life. David says in Psalm 139 that you are intimately acquainted with all of my ways, everything in my life. And so this vast universe is not a picture of your distance. It's a picture of your intimacy and your wisdom as the I am. And there's nothing I can compare you to. There's no image I could possibly have in my brain that is even close to your power and the infinite love and the infinite goodness and the infinite wisdom and the infinite care that you exercise in every detail of my life, every molecule in my life. There's no way I can compare you, and yet this is what you say to me, that I can lift up my eyes when I see the stars, when I see the planets, when I see this universe, and you say, who, who can you compare me to? Who is my equal? Who created all these? I did. And I say to you, God, that the God that created this universe is worthy of my life, worthy of my trust, worthy of my worship, worthy to receive glory in all my thoughts and all my thanksgiving that I would give you thanks for the life that you've given me. I would give you thanks because you wanted me to exist in your universe forever. You have a forever story for me. You are my redeemer. And I give thanks to you that you give me life. I give thanks to you 
I give thanks to you that the God that created this universe is a God that has intimate awareness that, that nothing in my life is disregarded by you. Nothing in my life is ignored by you. Nothing in my life is hidden from you. That you are the everlasting, eternal I am. The God that is the giver of all life. The God that is my life. You are the creator of the entire universe. And you never grow tired. And you never grow weary. And your understanding no one can fathom. But I can trust. I trust in your understanding. I trust in your wisdom. I trust in your will for me. Not my will, but your will be done because you are the creator and you are my creator. And every detail of my life is not hidden from you, is not disregarded from you, but you are infinitely present in because you are the I am. You know every detail in your universe, every piece of dust in your universe. And now you invite me to trust you with everything in my life. To find my hope in you and not grow tired and not grow weary because you are the God who has a purpose for me. You are the God who redeems my life. You are the God who loves me and has created me for an eternal purpose. And so I trust you. I submit to you. I follow you, Lord Jesus, as my good shepherd. I come to you as living water that's eternal in satisfaction. I come to you as the bread of life that satisfies my longings forever. I trust you in your power and your strength and your glory and your wisdom and understanding and your goodness and your steadfast love. Thank you that you are with me right now. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you that you love me right now. Thank you that I can trust you 100% with everything right now. Not my will, but yours be done. Just like Jesus prayed to his Father in heaven. I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.